uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Time doesn't work that way. Changing the past doesn't change the future. I don't know why everyone believes that, but that isn't true. Think about it. If you travel to the past, that past becomes the past. And your former past becomes the past, which can't now be changed by your new past. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side as always in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. And on this episode of Planet 8, we will be talking about the distant past, or not-so-distant past, 2019, our year in review. Straight away, let's kick it up to the satellite. Karen? What do you want to say about the 2019 year that just passed? Well, you know, sayonara 2019. Sayonara indeed. On one level, I'm not glad to see it go. But, you know, there were a lot of interesting things that we uh, got to uh, see and experience and enjoy. So I'm glad we're going to take a chance here to talk about them. Mm. And... uh, you know, also uh, be interesting to talk about the stuff that's coming towards us here in 2020, in the futuristic year of 2020. <laughs> Welcome so, to the future. Yes. yes. <laughs> the roaring you know, 20s. And the, yes, the, the excitement over the flying cars and jetpacks and all those things <laughs> that apparently we should be getting this year, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, 2019 though, there were a lot of things and surprisingly, you know, television has become sort of like the best place, uh, for fantasy and science fiction. So I'm excited to uh, kind of talk about some of the great series that, uh, we had this last year. And Mr. Chief Engineer. Well, I think the most amazing thing that I read so far, kids that are born this year will probably live to see the year 3000. Wow. So we are in the future. Well, now you've messed me all up. I don't think I could podcast. Now I'm going to be thinking about that. (laughs) My mind is blown. No, 2019 was pretty cool. We had a full year of Planet 8. We did. Our first full year. Indeed. Yes. We had our listeners party. Yep. And uh, we had a Creatures Con and yeah, a lot of cool stuff. So I think uh, it was a cool year. And it's going to be a cool year coming up in 2020. I'm sure we'll do some other exciting things. And as far as like movies and TV and all that, uh, you know, it's kind of hit and miss. There's some some good ones and some not so good ones, but but there was a lot of ones anyway. <laughs> Indeed, well, there's a lot more than there used to be. Remember, uh, you know, here we are going back to the old timer days, but. You know, when you're a kid, it was just like anything that got put on TV, any movie, you just go out of your way to to see it because you never knew when the next sci-fi or horror or whatever movie was going to be available. And now it's just everywhere. It's, uh, you know, and it's it's okay. I mean, to a certain level to be a fan, whereas back in the day, if you were a Star Trek fan or whatever, you know, you could face a lot of ridicule but now it's, it's pretty much kicked. like oh you're a, you're a nerd that's okay well yeah i was just thinking like let's say the year that the original battlestar galactica came out uh-huh. how many other tv series were there that were sci-fi horror related whatever that's true and i was like hey battlestar galactica yeah. but um i mean yeah there were cartoons and stuff but because now it's like what like the cw has a superhero show on like every night then there's Hulu, Netflix, Disney. Oh yeah, Shutter. Yeah, uh, yeah it's hard to the, keep up. I yeah, you know, I, and I I was telling Bob and Karen this. It's like I needed to watch the Blues Brothers over my holiday break just to get out of the genre uh, binging. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, just to, you know, and then my wife is watching The Crown, which I highly recommend as a non-genre related show. Yeah, it really is. Um, because it's just saturated between TV and movies and, and books and, and, and so forth. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but, uh, Bob's right. Once upon a time, it was Battlestar Galactica or Star Trek and, you didn't have mm-hmm. to pick what to watch on Thursday night because it was yeah. just one genre-related show. You have yeah. maybe a, well, like a handful of movies every year. Yeah, you know. yeah. And the the quality wasn't you know necessarily that great either. But you had to you know you just overlook a lot of things like okay I can tell it's a puppet or whatever and you just like <laughs> okay it's okay I'll just look past that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or every time the in Battlestar the Viper would uh, destroy a Cylon, it was always the same shot. All with the same number of ships. <laughs> right. When the, the, the Raiders, the Cylon Raiders would come in in the group of three, it was yeah. like, okay, it's the same shot. <laughs> You're right, Larry. Erwin Allen, I think, started all that because when he did Lost in Space, the first season was in black and white. Yeah. But he shot all the ship scenes in color because he knew color was coming and he could reuse those scenes they wouldn't oh. be like they wouldn't be thrown out, you know. It's like That's we, we don't have to reshoot yeah. more scenes. So we've already got them in color. We're ready to go. Yeah, that was smart. So, well, you know, it was a lot of fun meeting uh, a lot of the listeners. Uh, we went to some conventions. We we had the listeners party, like Bob said. Um, looking forward to a lot more of that in 2020. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Listen, yeah, and uh, you know, you guys will let you know if we're going to be somewhere or do something, and hopefully, we'll get to meet some of you folks. But and the be very cool Twitter interactions and uh, oh, Facebook yeah. interactions too, um, and the the comments on the the blog site. All of it has been great, just to be able to connect with people. Yes, now, speaking of the blog spot, Happy uh, New Year, Edo. We appreciate your <laughs> continued support, and um, wish you the best. So, what shall we get into first? Movies, uh, television? Let's do uh, movies. Movies. Okay, so <clears throat> go ahead and start us off, Chief. Well, why don't we go around real quick? Okay. And we, you know, what what was your favorite movie last year? Ah, okay. <sighs> Commander. Uh, do, do you have one, Walker? I don't know, because I was just thinking about that, and uh, this might be blasphemous, uh-oh. It, it really might, but I sort of feel marveled out. Um, hmm. I, I just kind of, even though I'm not saying I don't still love Marvel and the Marvel movies, but after Endgame, it's sort of like I have that feeling of like pulling away from the Thanksgiving table, unbuttoning the pants, <laughs> just kind of sitting there going, oh, I don't know. You know, I just kind of feel a little bit full with it. You know, I don't really need to see Endgame again. I don't. I don't know that I, so I'm, I don't know. So it, what, it was what, good. What I, non-Marvel movie did you love? Uh, <laughs> and that's the problem, Bob. I was going over my list and I was kind of like, there wasn't a single film this year that I look back on like, oh, that was fantastic. I, I liked Spider-Man Far From Home, but I liked Spider-Man Homecoming more and I liked Spider-Verse the best. But now you're going back um, to Marvel. Well, see, you know, I'm looking at that because like the other non-Marvel movies and we're I know we're going to in a separate episode, we're going to talk about Rise of Skywalker. Um, You know, that didn't really do it for me. Uh, I saw Terminator that didn't you know, it was cute. But, it, you know, so I, I don't feel like there was any single movie this year that I was like, oh, man, that was fantastic movie. Um, I mean, I did like Endgame, but it was just it was so overstuffed. And now having seen it a few times and just everything, I'm just kind of like I mean, I will say it was. Yeah, it was a great way to end the whole thing. And I liked it. But now looking back, I just I kind of need like a break from it all for a while. So um, I didn't and I didn't see nearly as many movies this year as I, I usually see. So maybe huh. I'm not the best person to talk to about movies. I don't know. <laughs> Next. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, next. Next. Uh, I liked Endgame. I, I thought it was, uh, you know, it was kind of like a, a time travel movie. It was a heist movie. It um, opened up some doors for some Disney Plus series. Um, it. I love what they did with Steve Rogers and, 
you know, he finally got the girl. I mean, that, you know, the first Captain America movie where he said goodbye to Peggy. And it's funny, my wife's like, how many times have you seen this? And you know he's not dying. I'm like, will you just leave me in the moment and let me enjoy, you know, uh, this this scene? Um, so I, I thought that was great. Uh, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to Sam uh, carrying the shield. Um, I think what the Marvel movies do best for me is to tell a story that we're familiar with for those of us that have read the comics with the characters and kind of take them in a forward direction, perhaps into adventures and uh, journeys that we're not familiar with. And so there's an anticipation that I have and an enjoyment in in watching the films. I haven't seen it a whole lot of times. Um, I, you know, got the DVD and the 4K and all that stuff, but haven't watched it too many times. Um, but yeah, for me, that that movie and, you know, I, I also enjoyed The Joker. Um, it wasn't a mega blockbuster, not really a genre film, but they kind of twisted the mythos around a little um, surrounding the Joker character. And, you know, there was a little mention of the Waynes uh, also, because you're thinking to yourself, well, how can you have a, uh, a movie without Batman, which um, Gotham kind of did well, I think. Uh, but, but we'll wait till we get the TV series on that. <laughs> Um, so anyway, yeah, end game and an honorable ben, uh, honorable mention for Joker. Chief? Well, you know me, and probably because I lived this thing. I mean, I went to the press screening and the premiere and mm-hmm. the press junket and had the director at our show and everything else. Uh, you know, Godzilla, King of the Monsters kind of engrossed me last year. Mm. But, you know, I mean, probably a second... Like surprise for me was Alita Battle Angel, mm. which was actually really good, surprisingly good. I don't know if it did well enough. I don't know if it gets a sequel or not, but I guess James Cameron was sitting on that for a while. Mm. And then uh, Robert Rodriguez expressed interest in doing it. And so the two of them finally got it off the ground and got it out in theaters. And they obviously loved the subject matter and did it well. It's it's a fun movie, and you know, if you get a chance, I'd say go see it. So I would say probably Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and Alita Battle Angel would be the two that I enjoyed most last year. Very good. You know, and, and to be honest, uh, I, I did not make it out to see every single movie out there. Bob had... had You're fired! <laughs> Bob had recommended Alita, and you know, we do just never made it out there. And there's a lot of films that I want to see... That, you know, for whatever reason, just didn't have time and going to have to wait for streaming and or uh, television. Well, Lieutenant Debbie and I were trying to squeeze one more movie in the last night before the podcast. And we were going to go we were going to watch Zombieland Double Tap, Mm. which is on Amazon Prime. But you have to, like, buy it for $19.99. And it's like, well, if I want to buy it. Yeah, yeah, I want the disc. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's so ridiculous. I'm not gonna pay 19.99 just to watch it on streaming. Mm-hmm. You know, if they had you know, it I'd, for like streaming rental for like 3.99 or something, then we would have jumped on it. But yeah, that's just too much. Did Did you see uh, that Walker? No, I've been. I've that's one of the films I I would like to see. But like Bob, I'm not gonna. I don't want to pay for it. You know, for a separate fee outside mm. of my streaming service. Um, I do want to catch, uh, I know the new Hellboy got a lot of, uh, negative reviews, but I, I like the character. Um, and I know it's on, uh, I have like HBO now, so I, I've been meaning to see that, but it's just been busy. I mean, I, I've been meaning to get a second viewing of Rise of Skywalker, but it hasn't worked out due to scheduling. Yeah, we um, actually got two viewings in. So maybe later we'll see. Um, no. and the same with Shazam, uh, it's also on, uh, HBO and I haven't, I just haven't had a chance to sit down. There's just so much stuff out there. Like I started watching, uh, the, uh, BBC Dracula on Netflix, which is a whole nother, we can talk about later on, but, mm. uh, you know, there's so many things to watch, right? So how do you, when you have a little bit of time here and there, how do you decide what to watch? You know, we, we're just in such a golden age of fantasy, sci-fi and horror right now. It's, uh, and like Larry says, every once in a while, you got to watch something that like normal people watch. So, what? Uh, 
Are you so, crazy? Anyway. I had uh, my nieces and nephews are like, let's go see Star Wars. Let's, and I'm like, can we please just go see Jumanji? I, I just <laughs> need a little break. <laughs> I need the rock. <laughs> now, I think my New Year's, one of my New Year's resolutions is going to be less time diddling around on Facebook and more time watching stuff. But <laughs> we'll see. Well, you know, and I find, and don't get me wrong because I love the podcast, but when I watch things afterwards or during, I'll make little notes to remind myself, oh, wait, wait, okay, remember to mention this or talk about that. So it's almost, it adds another level of complexity to to the genre, um, which is kind of fun. All right, well, uh, are there any other movies we want to hit on? I mean, we did episodes on... Captain Marvel and Spider-Man Far From Home. Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing an episode on Star Wars, so we don't really need to right. go too far into those. We spoke, no. we talked about Shazam, didn't we? In the Maybe during the Captain Marvel episode. Yeah, or we something. didn't get into it mm-hmm. too much. Uh, I liked it. Um, but let's... Uh, yeah, let's how about, just kind of how go. about Brightburn? Now, Brightburn was one of those films. I, I did go out and see it. It had... Um, not James Cameron, uh, James Gunn. Yeah. Of uh, Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy, and his brother. I want to say he wrote it. Uh, It was basically, what if Superman turned out bad? What if he took the other fork in the road? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was a good story. I I, I won't get into the whole plot and everything, but uh, I, I I liked it. I mean, it kind of went dark, almost turned into like a horror film. It did, it you know. And yeah. one of the things I am waiting for is the, uh, Marvel owns it now because of Fox, but it was the, uh, uh, not the X-Men, the New Mutants, I think it's New called. New Mutants. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of like a horror take on the superhero. Yeah, it's uh, a strange direction. Again. Yeah, and I'm curious to see, because Brightburn really surprised me. Um, you know, I didn't, and maybe when you go into films with little or no expectations, at least for me, and it's a good film, it really shines as bright as something that I'm expecting to be good, like Endgame. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, it's, it definitely stood out in the quote superhero genre of movies that are out these days to have something like that, where it's like, no, he's not a good guy. No, he's not. You know, he's like, I mean, yeah, you know, DC tries to make Batman dark or whatever, but this was, Beyond yeah. Batman Dark. Well, and it, it wasn't really the kid's fault. You know, it was it was the alien. Well, he was being picked on and everything else. And a lot of kids would go down that other fork. It was a message like, from the ship that like, you know, scrambled yeah. his brains and stuff. So uh, he had good parents, you know. And um, anyway, yeah, that, I, that, that was a, a good movie. Now, uh, now, Lieutenant Debbie and I did see Men in Black International. Well, which, hold on real quick before oh, we leave that. What were you saying, Karen? Oh, no, go ahead and follow up with me after Bob. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, Bob. So Men in Black. uh, Men in Black International, which was actually better than most of the Men in Black sequels. Probably not equal to the original Men in Black, but it had a good rapport between Chris Hemsworth and the actress who played Valkyrie. I can't uh, think of her name. I can't remember her name. um, Yeah, I feel bad. But I mean, the two of them, obviously they've worked in a couple Marvel movies together and then they're working in this together. So they have a good rapport and they have a good back and forth and uh, it was good. You know, it had some good humor in it and, uh, you know, good action. So it was actually kind of a surprise. I didn't make it. Didn't make it to see it. Um, and you know, I'm a little dubious of sequels and I'm a little dubious of sequels without the original stars in them. It's kind of like when they got to home alone three or four and it was some other cute blonde kid <laughs> and two <laughs> other, thieves. I, I, yeah, never, I, I never like, saw any well, of them. Yeah. I watched Godzilla's revenge. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> home alone three, the Bahamas. Wait a minute. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give it a look when it comes on Hulu or whatnot. Well, what were you saying then, Walker? Um, so did neither of you saw Terminator Dark Fate, I take it? No, no. No, unfortunately. did not make I was it. going to, but... Yeah, you saw it, though, right, pal? Yeah, so I was just curious, like, uh, I mean, obviously a lot of people did not see Terminator Dark Fate. Um, <laughs> despite, But it seems like a lot of people who did really liked it. <laughs> 
You know, it's funny. I I'll tell you, Bob. I think what I liked was seeing Arnie and Linda Hamilton again. But I think it was it did point out the the weakness of the Terminator franchise. Basically, they're just telling the same story over and over again. There's not a lot of mileage there. You know, there's not a lot of room for them to go unless they really change up the concept. And I, I didn't see Sarah Connor Chronicles. I know a lot of people said it was a good series. I don't know what directions they went with that. But with the films, they're just not really expanding or growing the the stories that much. And and this just felt like a retread of Terminator 2. But I, I think what it shows is that, you know, the a lot of the success, at least of, of Terminator, is due to Arnold. I mean, the guy has charisma. He's just a no. charismatic guy. Um and and it was great to see Linda Hamilton back. She, you know, really just was a hard ass, you know, character. Hmm. Um, and that was fun seeing those guys together. But there were so many times in the film where you're like, oh, yeah, this is just like such and such or, you know. Um, so it was fun if you just took it on the level of like, oh, we're just doing this again. It's fun, whatever. But I can see that, you know. Like it's just like a lot of concepts where, you know, they only have so much lifetime or lifespan um, and maybe they need to just give it a rest and wow, come up with a new idea or something. So uh, taken for what it is, I would say if it comes on one of your services for free, watch it and uh, but don't pay, you know, don't go out and buy the (laughs) Blu-ray or whatever. (laughs) That was a good point you kind of make there, Karen, in that the first movie, The Terminator, came to kill Sarah Connor. The second Terminator, the Terminator came to kill John Connor. And then after that, it was like, it didn't really matter who you tried to kill and what kind of Terminator, in my opinion, you sent. I mean, you know, we're going to kill John's parakeet because the parakeet has the codes for what. Right. Oh, come on. I did want to see this, though, because of Linda Hamilton and uh, and Arnie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was curious to see how he survived Terminator 2. Um, but yeah, it'll, you know, have to wait till, till television. Yeah. And you know, if that's what you're going for to see those two, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, but it's, it's very much, you know, retreading the same path. So mm. don't expect, uh, like a, wow, this is a brand new idea, you know? Which Terminator 2 was when it came out. It, was, it blew my mind. I was like, wow, two Terminators. And it's the <laughs> second movie. Um, yeah, well, okay, we'll have to add that to the list. That's right. Well, you know, later in the year we'll do movies of 2019 that we caught up with. <laughs> we finally saw. <laughs> All right, well, I... Should we move on to TV? Or let's, we, uh... let's get into the television arena. Um, I will say, I'll, I'll start it off if you guys don't mind. Uh, there was a little show on FX, I think it was FX, called What We Do in the Dark. Or shadows. What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded dirtier than I intended it to be. <laughs> and it was a continuation, or, or actually a re- uh, telling or imagining of the movie of the same name. And what was it, Karen? Like eight episodes, 10 episodes? Yeah, it was not a lot, but oh man, that was such a funny show. It was funny. And if, if you're into like horror, specifically Drac- uh, uh, vampires and, and that Dracula mythology, um, it, it worked so well. Um, I can't say enough good things about it. It's the three vampires in a flat in, was it Soho, New York? Or, um, or I'm not, I'm not sure. And it was one of the little, you know, city suburb cities out there. And, and, uh, you know, they, they, they deal with vampire, uh, life as well as like, who's going to go talk to the property manager about, you know, this side or the other. And, you know, we're we're getting a guest, uh, one of the older vampires, and you know we have to feed him, and you know we have to get a sacrificial virgin. How do we do that? And um, anyway, it, I, I I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I'm looking forward to it coming back in 2020. Uh, Bob, what do you got for us? You know, um, there was actually a lot last year, but as far as standouts, 
I did recently watch the second season of Lost in Space. The whole season? The whole season. Wow. There's only 10 oh. episodes, so. Hmm. Um, that, that's still a it lot. It came out it's like Christmas hours. Eve. That was like the Christmas present. That, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was good. It was really good. I, I really like what they're what they're doing with the new, you know, I don't usually like remakes and updates and things. Yeah. This one, they did a good job. And, you know, if you're looking for the original Lost in Space, you're not going to, you're not going to see it. it, but it is good, you know, and it still has all the characters and whatever. Well, I like what they uh, did with their version of Dr. Smith and, and yeah, how, yeah. you know, she took the name and all that. It was, it was good. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was definitely, definitely a good second season. Um, I'm just about maybe four episodes into Umbrella Academy. Uh, that's another oh. good one. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. far so good. I know you guys have seen the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. Um, what else? I thought The Walking Dead took a big upswing last year. They had Angela Kang take over as a story runner. And uh, I think everything, you know, they're going up against the whispers now. And um, yeah. the whole Negan Redemption storyline is, uh, and that's a tough one because, I mean, you look at what he did. And then suddenly now he's you're supposed to feel you know sympathy for him or whatever, but but then again he is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So is he really trying to redeem himself though? I mean, or did he just say, well, you know, screw it? I don't know. We'll see. It. Uh, it's a good story. It it really is. Uh, I mean, at the end of the first half, you know, I guess it comes back, you know, when later February or something. But right, the yeah. end of the first half, he was with the Whisperers. But oh yeah, yeah. Trying read to the take comic, he's kind of infiltrating, right? So we'll see if they do it the same way. They've no. been deviating from the comic, so anything is possible. Yeah, yeah, no. And I think Fear of the Walking Dead took an interesting turn this year as well. I'm still, my man crush is Don, John Dory. John Dory. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good show. But they had Matt Frewer on as the main bad guy through part of it. Max, he, he, Max Headroom himself. He redeemed himself and then, spoiler alert, and got shot like unceremonious. <laughs> I was like, wait, he just. They say, oh, maybe know. he's going to be good and crack. Nope. Yeah. I hear that uh, Fear the Walking Dead's going to have a cameo by Alf. Um, Interesting. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> 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 well, if Max Headroom the could be on there. Uh, believe yeah, it or not, we'll get, believe it or not, we'll get into Alf later in the episode. <laughs> um, no, but I like We're going to have character. a three part episode on Alf. Yeah, <laughs> and Mr. Belvedere. And then the yes, other Mr. one I thought was really good in his second season was the Orville. And it no. really got good. There were a couple episodes there that were like movie quality. It's not on Fox this year. It's going to be like later this year on Hulu. Yeah. But it's worth it. I mean, I try to hold back on these paper prescription, subscription yeah. <laughs> uh, channels, but... I don't know. I might get Hulu just for the Orville. Wow. That's how good it was last year. Wow. I'm glad you enjoyed it because I I am a firm believer. No one should tell you what to like or not like it. You you go get Hulu, Bob. You should get Hulu (laughs) and support the Orville. Um I I watched it and it's okay, but I I don't know. It didn't the first, you know, if you me. watch like the first few episodes, yeah, you know, you're, you're not going to get hooked on it. But, no, uh, I, I watched the, some of the second season and there were some good stories. I mean, the whole uh, his kid and what uh, not nationality, what uh, gender and then the spouse yeah. changes the gender behind his back. And, and, you know, it's good stories. I don't know. I just the characters to me, because uh, what's his bucket is on it. I'm I'm always waiting for like a joke, and yeah, but see that's the thing. It started out looking like a comedy, but mm-hmm. you know, even though there's humor in it, it's definitely you know taken more of a turn towards hard sci-fi, which is good. Well, and like I say, get the Hulu and and support them then, so they can have a season three. Well, they're going to whether I or season do it four or, not, or whatever, but. Very good. So, uh, Karen, uh, what what shows did you uh, kind of catch on to last year? Well, unlike movies, I can tell you my absolute favorite show <laughs> <laughs> this last year was The Mandalorian. 
And I, because we're going to, hey, kids, we're going to do another episode where we talk about the second half of The Mandalorian. That's right. Um, I'm not going to go into detail about it, but uh, that show to me was just, it just really captured my attention. I just, I don't have a negative thing to say about it. So Mm. um, I won't go any further with that, but that was probably my favorite show. Uh, But I also really enjoyed, and I didn't expect this, when I first heard they were going to do Watchmen, Mm. As a TV show, of course, my very pessimistic, critical uh, (laughs) attitude took over. And I was like, what? Why are you going to do it on TV? Oh, my God. They're going to screw it all up. Um, And the first couple of episodes, I was like, what does this have to do with Watchmen? I don't understand why they're calling it Watchmen. By the third episode, I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. hey, this is this is interesting. This is pretty good. And then they had me and I thought it was an excellent series. I kind of hope in a way that they don't try to make a second season because I don't know that they can do something as uh, as well crafted and, and intelligent as that first season. And I know Damon Lindelof, the, the producer, said he doesn't have an idea for second seasons, which makes me fear that HBO is going to go out and just grab somebody and mm-hmm. say, we need a second season and they'll put some crap together. Or just force it um, out of him. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that that season was phenomenal. So I really enjoyed that. Um, so, so the answer then, to the question is you watched The Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I watched The Watchmen, Bob. And then I did too. my. I did. What's sorry. that? I, I did, too. What did you think, Larry? Uh, it, I, you know, I love The Mandalorian as well. Um, and they're hand in hand, uh, you know, today, the Mandalorian's my favorite series tomorrow. It's going to be uh, Watchmen. I, it, it Watchmen, I think told a deeper story. Yes. Uh, Mandalorian told a story that I didn't know I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And it was very satisfying. Both were very yeah. satisfying. Yeah. Um, I think the Watchmen had a better ending. Um, and you make a good point. It could end right there and I'd be fine with it. The Mandalorian, I know they're, they're working on a second season and damn it, they better because they can't leave it the way that they left it. That, well, here's, the big, here's the big question. Do you think, I mean, is the second season is supposed to be like November. Yeah, about a year out. Do you think they're going to move it up? Because from what I hear, since Mandalorian is over now, yeah, Disney subscriptions are like plummeting. Everybody's <laughs> canceling out. That's why they moved WandaVision up to this year. Yeah. Because I think they're in a panic. So you think they might move Mandalorian up a few months? I mean, anything's possible. I know that Favreau's involved and he was very much against rushing Iron Man 2 out. But he did because, you know, the company wanted him to. And um, I don't know, Karen, what do you think? Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe um, maybe the pressure will get to them but I, I hope not I, I want them to take all the time they need to make an excellent show yeah 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 I just think you know the, I mean there's a couple other things on Disney plus that are worth watching but you know a lot of it is stuff that you've seen a lot so I mean mm-hmm. you know I, I, I can see where people will sign up watch Mandalorian and dump it until WandaVision or something else comes up and then hook on again and keep it for the month or two and then dump it again. So they, they need, you know, Netflix kind of comes out with stuff one after another, like boom, boom, boom. So yeah, I think Disney plus just thought, Hey, you know, we're Disney, you know, everyone's going to want it, want these things. So it, it's they think they say. have a, a deep enough library to keep everybody engaged. But like you guys said, I mean, everybody's seen most of that stuff. So how many times are you going to watch the little mermaid? Yeah. They well, need to I, provide new stuff. Yeah. I will say if you have young kids, uh, what parents, not all parents, but a lot of parents are doing now is that iPhone becomes your kid's babysitter at the dinner table and they'll just mm. throw on lady and the tramp or little mermaid. And so for, I mean, I've paid three years in advance through D 23 and it's like three bucks a month. So I'm locked in for three years. Uh, but I saved. I, th- I think I did bucks. one year. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'll stick with it just because I'm too lazy to dump <laughs> stuff and, and remember to like renew it again. Or I whatever. think I'm kind of in that. But well, I'm I'm locked in for three years. But 
Well, you're still on the DC channel. I canceled that, but it doesn't end until September. Okay. So <laughs> I still, and I don't, they pissed me off with Swamp Thing. So, but <laughs> getting back to Watchmen, uh, Walker, was there anything that kind of like really surprised you? Because I was like you, I'm three, I always have the rule of three, watch something for three episodes and then, you know, see where it goes from there. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I mean, I started out when, when my first exposure to Watchmen was actually the single comic books coming out. Mm. You know, I think it was monthly. Uh, so it goes back a long ways. Uh, and I guess the whole origin of Hooded Justice to me um, was a yes. big surprise, but it made so much sense. You yes. know, the Hooded Justice was a guy with the hood and the um, rope around his neck. Mm-hmm. And to take that and make that a black man who, you know, they had tried to lynch. And it mm-hmm. was like, oh, my God, wow, that makes a lot of sense to me. Why would he wear that to hide his identity as a black man back in that time? And, you know, there were just a lot of things. Uh, I know they wanted to make it relevant uh, to our time now, just the way Watchmen was relevant uh, when Moore and Gibson wrote it, and it was all about you know nuclear, the threat of nuclear Armageddon, and so now what's one of our big issues is race relations and right. the police and uh, violence against people of color and all that, you know. And I thought, wow, they really tied it all together very well. So mm-hmm. yeah, there were a lot of surprises, and the way they took um, there was a lot of nonlinear storytelling, mm-hmm. and like Adrian Veidt's story where he's, you know, we don't know where he's at and he's got all these clone people and yes. how is that story going to come back together with the main story? And they did that really well. They did. Um, so I just, I just love to see a well-told story. Yes. Yes. I, I, I agree. I, it's like I said, between that and the Mandalorian, that the, they could both, both be my, my number one. I, I can, I, s- can I, can oh, I, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 please. Well, I finish up uh, uh, Watchmen, and I have one very cheesy uh, pick, too. I was going in a different direction, so go ahead with your cheesy oh, pick. So so my cheesy pick for a series that I enjoyed, and this is super cheesy, almost shamefully cheesy. Drum roll, please. Uh, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> History Channel's Project Blue Book, which uh, takes, you know, UFO cases from the past and dramatizes and really melodramatically tells these stories and takes the facts and just throws them out the window. Um, (laughs) But I, because I grew up reading all these UFO stories as a kid, I enjoy watching it, but boy, did they take a lot of liberties. I mean, a lot of liberties, Um, but it's so corny and hokey. I really enjoy it. So uh, they're coming back, I think, in January or February. So I'm looking forward to it. But if, if I believed really in guilty pleasures, this would be a super guilty pleasure. So I shall. Anyway. So, so it's kind of, it's kind of like, what was that series that William Shatner hosted? Oh, he did so many. <laughs> no, he, he did something that was like really cheesy where he'd come on and then they'd, oh, then they would like, you know, like reenact stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's, it's not, but it's, they do it like a drama. So it's not hosted. Well, see, Nimoy like, brought an air of sophistication to In Search of, but no, Shatner's yeah. was just, yeah, it was like way out there. So it's to more like the crown walker. It's more, it's more like, you know, they have a uh, guy who's coming playing in. J. Allen Hynek, who was a real ah. uh, professor who worked with the Air Force on UFO cases. And then another guy who's supposed to be a, uh, an Air Force, uh, like a captain or something. And then they go around and investigate these uh, UFO cases. There was an actual Project Blue Book that oh. the, the Air Force ran to investigate UFOs. But then they have all this conspiracy stuff going on and huh. all these weird things. And it's so it's a drama that's that they but they just fictionalize everything. It's insane. Well, is it like um, a, is it like a step up or a step down from like all the paranormal shows? Uh, it's probably like right in the middle, <laughs> you know, it's it's just cheesy. I mean, it would be like if it was food, it would be like a, a bowl of like. Chili, chili cheese Fritos, you know, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no Watchmen. Well, something to consider and check out. I, I, what I was going to uh, direction I was going in was the boys on Amazon oh, yeah. uh, Prime. 
Um, did you get a chance to watch that? I've not seen it yet. No. Really, really um, well told story. You know, corporation sponsors the Justice League. Basically, these heroes are not really the heroes that we're familiar with in uh, the Justice League or the Avengers, and um, they're actually quite uh, fallible. Um, and the corporation tries to cover up some screw-ups that they do while going out on missions or just living life. And um, it's a good it's a good story. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was it was something different. Uh, so I give it points for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. I I was a little put off in the first episode by the amount of uh, gore. Oh yeah. Um, but then I stuck with it, and uh, the story was really interesting. It's almost like if that kid from Brightburn had been brought up by that corporation <laughs> and given a cover story and been like, hey, he's, you know, he's Superman. He's a good guy. But, like, really, he's like, oh, a soulless, awful creature. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I guess if I went with one more thing, I would give three cheers to the uh, second part of Sabrina. Chilling oh, Adventures Witch. of Sabrina, which was really good. And I think it comes back like maybe a week or two after this episode comes out. I think it's January 24th. Huh. The next season comes out. Hmm. And uh, yeah, she definitely embraced her powers and uh, took a slight dark turn. And uh, I guess at the end of the season, spoiler alert, her boyfriend ends up in hell. Mm. And so they're thinking this next season coming out, she's got to go rescue him or go get him out. So it uh, could be really good. But no, I've, I've really been following it and uh, it's been really good so far. Well, I'll, I'll tell you guys, there was a series that I tried to watch and I, I gave it the, you know, the three uh, episode test. Yeah, yeah, the Oroville, I know. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I feel so bad that I don't like the Orville because I have a cousin who says, well, it's, it's better than Star Trek. And I'm like, well, now we have a discussion to make. Um, American Horror Story. It, it went Ooh. back to the 80s. It was a slasher thing. And I just I wanted to like it and get it. But it just it was just a story. Man, I loved I love the first season. Oh, yeah. First Second season, season kind of lost me. They kind of Second was okay. They're a little me. schizophrenic of whether it was horror or sci-fi or Nazis, the, was, the Catholic know. Church. I I, I kind of you know. <laughs> but what about the third season, The Witches? I like that too. It lost me after the second season. Yeah, I said, forget okay. it. But um, I know my daughter continues to watch it. But. I, I couldn't. How about you, Karen? Uh, I. Been, I saw the third season. I saw part of the first season, so I haven't really seen that mm. much of American Horror Story. Yeah, I, I you know, ah, well. Is um, Jessica Lang still in it? No, no, she. Well, forget it then. <laughs> 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 now, I will say, uh, honorable mention, not as good as the original Twilight Zone, but um, the Peel um, uh, attempt at. at telling Twilight Zone stories was hit and miss for me. Some were really good and some were meh. Um, they're going to do a second season on that, and that's on CBS All Access. Speaking of CBS All Access, of course, Discovery Season 2, I loved. It was good, yeah, um, yeah definitely. Anson Mount played Captain mm -hmm. Pike, and I swear to God, if they don't give him his own Pike series... There's something wrong with them. Um, well, tell, the, tell Spock the, to grow that beard back because once he's shaved yeah. that beard, it's like, holy crap. <laughs> the, th the thing for me is I liked Pike, yeah. but I didn't care for the main story with the Red Angel. The Red I Angel. Just, it didn't do anything for me. Well, you know, um, in another episode, but uh, it wasn't the strongest story ever. Um, it had its moments, though. I mean, Giorgio, I think, is going to get her own series now. Well, isn't, um, isn't Discovery kind of her own series? No, no, where she's going to... Well, she's like Section 31, right? Yeah. They were talking about... Yeah, heading up Section 31. But I, I really hope they come out with a Pike series. And I think uh, later on we'll be talking about Picard, um, 
If they can do a Picard series, why can't they do a Pike series? Well, I thought one part I really liked to Discovery was when Pike had to face his future. Yes. And saw himself in the uh, in the chair and, and disfigured. And how he got in and, the chair, right. Yeah. And it was, it was just freaked him out. Totally freaked him out. Because you don't really think about, you know, it's like in the menagerie, he was already in the chair and that boop, was, boop. you know, that was it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you just, oh, that's Pike. Okay. Yeah. But then you saw him in what it was in uh, one of the Star Trek movies, right? Didn't he show up as? Yes. Yes. In in the J.J. Abrams. Yeah. uh, Yeah. But that was the first time you saw him like out of the chair, aside from, you know, the the quote flashbacks to the cage. But uh, yeah, no, I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see where season three of Discovery takes us. Um, but that's going to come out after the Pike series or a uh, Pike. Huh? Yeah. Wishful Picard. Picard I series. Almost, I almost think that they f- might be correcting what they think was a mistake because it's going to be set like a thousand years in the future. And maybe, I don't know, do they feel like they should have initially set the series, you know, in the future rather than in the past. But I don't know. Maybe I, the whole connection of Michael to Spock to me always seemed a little odd. Um, yeah. But then, to be honest, I don't feel like a, a lot of uh, interest in Michael. I feel more interest in the, unfortunately, in the other characters like Pike or like Captain Lorca. I loved Captain Lorca. He was so cool. Um and that's kind of worrisome that like the guest stars in in the the series in some ways seem more interesting than the regular characters. But um, well, you like think, if they you do think a, they'll do a Harvey Mudd series? <laughs> Harry Mudd. Harry Mudd. Harry Mudd. Sorry, it's all right. I, I don't uh, think so. Do you, Walker? No, but I do think if they did a Pike series, I wonder if. Pike and that enterprise might prove to be more popular than Discovery. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't I didn't think Discovery stunk that bad. Uh, I, I don't I think it stinks. I just feel like they, they don't quite have their feet under them. But then I felt that way with, you know, I think some of these Star Trek shows like Next Generation, I don't think that they found their footing for a few seasons. Oh, for sure. I mean, there were some gems in the rough. In, in the first and second season, to be sure. Yeah, but but, but yeah. they didn't hit their stride until like third, fourth season. Yeah, well, I, yeah, Michael Burnham, I can appreciate the story that they're trying to tell with that character, but I mean, you can do a series with Saru and I'd be like in heaven. I, I think that character is so much more interesting and yeah. has had more growth than Michael. Um, and I don't know if, is it the actor or is it the writing or is it a combination of the two? It's got to be both, right? I, you know. Um, I mean, look at all the things that Doug Jones has done. It's like. Yeah, that, yeah I yeah. was thinking about that. He I definitely mean, he brings is, himself to the character. So Yeah, definitely. Um, so what else we got there, kids? Well. <clears throat> We're moving on to death, right? But we, yep, we haven't touched on, and we should at least crap on a little bit. Uh, <laughs> oh, crisis no. on Infinite Earths. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Such potential, <sighs> and yet, <sighs> Bert Ward gets killed off in like thirty seconds. <laughs> well, I'm not dog. sure what he was going to do. Hey, he's Robin. Come on, he could have put on his little tights and. Uh, I don't want to see Burt Ward in those types. <laughs> no, but I mean, they brought Kevin Conroy back as a, you know. Oh, and that was as so a decrepit, disappointing. You know, insane yes. Batman. Bitter they could have had Robin there with him. <laughs> <laughs> now, I would have watched that. But Robin just as, you know, Robin in the background, just like smoking and drinking and getting <laughs> Yeah, overall, it, it's been disappointing. I, you know, after the the... Kevin Conroy, I, I didn't watch the rest of it after that. Yeah, I watched I watched it. And then, you know, it's coming back. I mean, we still have, what, a Linda Carter cameo coming up. Who knows if she'll be in it any more than 30 seconds. I know. But Hopefully they don't blow her up, too. Although the Smallville cameo was good. That was interesting. I, I kind of wonder why Short, Clark gave good. up his power. 
But yeah, that, that was cool to see. Well, he wanted Tom a normal Welling. life. He wanted to Tom just, Welling, you know, be the farm he boy. Doesn't, he doesn't want to wear the uniform. Yeah, he he found uh, solace in in living the Smallville life. Was no, Lois. I mean Tom Tom Welling doesn't. Oh, want to the, wear the actor Superman doesn't even. want to wear the suit. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh well, screw him then. I mean, come on, that made his <laughs> career. <laughs> what else has he done since then? Okay, I'm being mean. Sorry, forgive me. Um, so, uh, well, know. yeah, so on to death. So we move on to the land of the dead. The memoriam. Do we want to... Uh, land beyond beyond. We've got yeah. a few Star Trekkers. Do we want to keep them for the end? Sure. And then, Sounds good. So I've got a list. I found a list online of uh, celebrity death. There was a lot more than I thought. Because when I went into this, I thought, well, you know, aside from those Star Trek deaths towards the end of the year, there wasn't really all that many. Hmm. But there actually was. Some of whom you've probably heard of, some of maybe not, but you've heard of what they've done. Um, first of all, this is kind of like in the order of death. So, <laughs> somewhat. Uh, Sally Frazier is one. She was in War of the Colossal Beast, It Conquered the World, and Earth versus a Spider. Mm. All movies near and dear to my heart. The next one, and we did talk about this at one point, is Julie Adams, yep. oh, Creature from the Black yeah. Lagoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, Joseph Pilato, who was Captain Rhodes in Day of the Dead. He was also in Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. We have Shane Rimmer. Shane Rimmer was the voice of Scott Tracy from the Thunderbirds. He also mm-hmm. played Felix Leiter in one of the Bond films. He also played... The submarine captain in uh, *Spy Who Loved Me*, mm. but uh, he he's popped up in quite a few of the Bond films, just as various characters. Mm. Um, one that really kind of affected me, and I think you guys know, it was Ron Swede, who played the ghoul. Yeah. Oh, from yeah. Horror host from Cleveland, and uh, we did a show back in like 2006, I believe it was the. Uh, Halloween Terrorama, where we showed uh, Frankenstein versus the Creature from Blood Cove. And we had Ron Swede appear as the ghoul. Hmm. And it was not a very well attended show, but he put on one hell of a show. It was like the greatest show no one ever saw. Hmm. And uh, he was just amazing. As soon as he put the wig and the glasses and the goatee on, he was just all over the place, going crazy. Um, Another one is Monkey Punch, who created Loop on the Third, Japanese manga artist. So near and dear to me. Um, oh, Kazuo Koike. Now, you guys probably not, haven't heard of him, but he was the manga artist that created Lone Wolf and Cub. So oh. you got him to thank for The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> he also did Lady Snowblood. Mm. Um, a non-Star Trek, but... Near to you guys and us, uh, Peter Mayhew. Oh, yeah. Passed away last year. And then this is a Star Trek-related one, but I don't know if we're bringing it up. Is Keith Birdsong. And mm. he was an artist oh. that did quite a few of the Star Trek book covers. Mm. Right. Some of the more kind of realistic-looking ones. Um, let's see, who else? Brian Marshall, who I'm trying to think who that was, but he was in Quartermass in the Pit. Hmm. Um, right. It's one of my faves. And I promise we talk about it later in the episode, but uh, Max Wright passed away. That was Willie from ALF. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was working at the Claremont out in Berkeley one time. I was running the AV department. We also did the business center. So I was in the business center one day, and this guy comes in to make copies. And I looked up, and it was Max Wright. I was going to say, hey, Willie, but I didn't. I held back. Uh, he was a really nice guy, though. Well, you got to do it today. Yeah, I got to do it today. <laughs> David Hedison passed away. Oh. He was the, the original Fly. Uh, he was also uh, Lieutenant Crane or whatever in uh, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Mm. And he was he played Felix Leiter in both Live and Let Die and License to Kill. Um, oh, Tadeo Takashima passed away. He was starred in Atragon, King Kong versus Godzilla, Frankenstein Conquers the World, Son of Godzilla, and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. So uh, 
one of the Toho stable of actors. Mm. Um, Terrence Dix passed away. Terrence Dix was a, uh, a writer who wrote quite a few episodes. One of the most famous <coughs> writers who wrote episodes of Doctor Who and also Space 1999. Hmm. So he had passed away. Um, David Foster, who was a producer, he produced John Carpenter's The Thing and Short Circuit. Uh, Makio Inoue, who is the voice of not only Goemon from Lupin the Third, but also the voice of Captain Harlock from 1977 all the way through the latest film. Um, and Jin Nakayama, who was the was Captain Oyama in Ultraman 80. So uh, there was one, oh, and Robert Axelrod, who was a voice actor and did the voice of Lord Zed in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> Threw that one in for Larry. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there's quite a quite a few, and I know you know we've got some Star Trek people to talk about, but uh, that was a lot more than I thought had passed away. Mm, I mean, some people pass away and you just don't hear about it because you know, like Sally Fraser. I mean, you know, right. she was in movies yeah. we love, but it was like so long ago and no one remembers her, so. No one speaks about, you know, someone like that passing. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's kick so, it up to the satellite. Move on, Karen. You have some uh, some biggies from Star Trek uh, to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about four. And we had in December, we were hit within the course of about a week with three kind of major deaths for uh, Star Trek fans. Um, the first being uh, on December 2nd, pretty big one, um, Dorothy Fontana, also known as DC Fontana. Mm -hmm. uh, she was uh, really one of the, if you think of sort of like founding fathers, founding mothers, whatever, of Star Trek. Um, Dorothy was there at the very beginning with Gene Roddenberry. Um, Dorothy started as Gene's secretary on a show called The Lieutenant, which was a program he did before Star Trek. Um, Dorothy had been submitting scripts. She had uh, written a few scripts for some Western shows and uh, but was also working as a secretary for Jean. And then Jean came up with the idea for Star Trek. She was one of the first people to see his his idea and, and give him feedback. He, uh, you know, trusted her her ideas and uh, she came, went on to become a writer on Star Trek. Uh, some of the episodes that uh, she wrote or later came in and did rewrites on were uh, Charlie X, Journey to Babel, Tomorrow is Yesterday, um, The Side of Paradise, Friday's Child. Uh, she also wrote on the animated series. She was a, a associate producer on the animated series, and the most famous episode she worked on is Yesteryear, which was the story of Spock going back in the past and revisiting him, his childhood self. Right. She later went on to also help set up Next Generation and uh, famously uh, wrote the first episode, Encounter at Farpoint, and then Gene came on and added all of the Q stuff to it, mm. uh, which caused kind of a rift between them. And she she wrote on a lot of other series, uh, things like that we might be aware of would be like Logan's Run, Six Million Dollar Man, Buck Rogers, stuff like that. But she was really um, an amazing person. She was very responsible for filling in uh, a lot of the history of Vulcan and Spock's life, things like that. She was very focused on characters and character interactions. And, um, you know, for a woman at that time in the 60s to be writing, uh, you know, not easy for her. Hence why she used the DC Fontana name, because, you know, nobody could tell she was a woman. Right. Um, so, yeah, a really uh, major passing uh, in the Star Trek world. So she was almost like, uh, like today you'd call a showrunner. Yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah. And she she was very involved in the first and second seasons. And then when Jean left as producer in the third season and Fred Freiberger came in, she and Freiberger kind of butted heads. So she left the show but still contributed some scripts here and there. Um and then, like I said, she was involved. She even contributed scripts to later series like Deep Space Nine. Um, not sure if she was involved with Voyager, but always supported Star Trek. And yeah, she definitely had a role in, you know, shaping the direction of the show and definitely. contributing to things, you know, beyond yeah. just the story. Yep. 
So, uh, yeah, very major, major loss there. And then four days later, on December 6th, we lost Robert Walker Jr., who played Charlie X, Mm. uh, Charlie Evans. So, uh, you know, another central figure. (coughs) And then just a few days after that, on December 8th, uh, René Aubergenois, who Mm. played Odo in Deep Space Nine, passed away. Um, he, you know, was a great character actor, had been in many, many different, uh, TV shows and films. Some people would know him from Benson. Mm -hmm. He was also Father Mulcahy in the film version of MASH. Uh, he was in the 76 version of King Kong. Uh, very, uh, you know, gifted and generous actor from all accounts. And uh, earlier in the year, uh, Aaron Eisenberg, who Mm. had played Nog on Deep Space Nine and had probably one of the most interesting character arcs uh, of any character, going from a very kind of irresponsible kid to becoming a... uh, uh, an injured soldier with PTSD later on, um, mm-hmm. he passed away. He was really well loved by fans. So, uh, I don't know, Larry, if you have any comments, I know you're I, a big Star Trek fan. Yeah. You know, I had the, uh, pleasure of going to a convention where Renee, uh, was a guest and he was so, um, just engaging and funny. And, uh, you know, he did a lot of voice acting. He was in The Little Mermaid. He played the mm. uh, the chef, the French chef. And this little girl, you know, came up to the mic and asked if, you know, he would sing the song. And he just jumped, la croissant, la croissant. <laughs> <laughs> and doing a little dance and, and just made that kid's, you know, day. Um, he was, he was a gentleman. There's, there's, you know, so much that he did with the character of Odo on Deep Space Nine. Um, if, if you haven't watched Deep Space Nine, watch it so you find out the meaning of Odo Ito and it'll touch your heart. It's just, uh, amazing, amazing, uh, acting. He, uh, also starred with Bill Shatner on Boston Legal. And oh, yeah. they had some good scenes together. So you're bridging, you know, actor from the uh, first uh, Star Trek to an actor that was on Deep Space Nine. And there was a lot of fun um, that was had. So, you know, all of the names that were mentioned, uh, may they all rest in peace. They all uh, donated their time and their talents towards the genre that we love and podcast about. And uh, we thank them and will remember them fondly. Uh, it's at that point in the podcast where we're going to go and uh, cover our sensor sweep. And this episode, it's Chief Engineer Bob. Take it away. Well, I thought it would be uh, good to remind the listeners that Planet 8 actually has a Public site where you can get shirts and mugs and shut the front door that's right (laughs) you can show your planet eight pride and we have you know a few different designs up there we've got the uh the spaceship around the eight ball logo in white and black yep we also have the uh welcome to planet eight wish you were here space ape design yep and uh recently (laughs) Recently added a couple Barry and Thumb Events shirts. Um, nice. So we kind of have quite a bit up there. It's basically at tpublic.com slash user slash Planet 8. So uh, check it out. Check it out. And it's uh, we got some cool stuff up there. And like I say, you know, you can, they've got some really good quality like hoodies and yeah. sweatshirts. and I like the stickers. Stickers, yes. buttons now. Hey, They've do us a favor. Phone cases. When you're wearing or using your Planet 8 swag, send us a picture on the Facebook or the Twitter or the, the Blogspot page. We'd love to see you in your Planet 8 gear. Very good. So yeah, definitely go and check it out. I'll put a link up on the Facebook page and uh, maybe Karen will put a link up on the uh, blog spot page for this episode will and, do. and uh go out and you know we don't we're not going to get rich off this stuff you know we got a little oh, no. you know buck or two off each thing but 
you know, we just basically want to put it up there so that fans of the show could have stuff to wear, show the show that they like it, and hopefully, you know, get the word out and get some get some more people listening to all our babble. We can buy a new microphone once in a while. Hooty who? Maybe we can <laughs> go to a convention. Sounds good. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.blogspot.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8 signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end.